0: In today's quest, the king is dead. Long live the queen. This is our first queen, and this is the quest for power. Welcome to the quest for power where we are ranking and reviewing all of the European monarchs from the early Middle Ages to World War One. So welcome back to the Quest for Power. We are your fellow party members on a journey for historical knowledge. We are Scott and Michael. And today we will be reviewing one of the longer names, uh, long, longer named monarchs, um, Amal Suntha. Amal hey, As- at, Suntha. Le- at least it's not a Theo name. You know, yeah. No... <laughs> I'm not gonna forget this one. Amolicintha. So uh a very distinct and much easier to pronounce uh name. So I'm excited. First queen. Yeah. We'll just have to see if they're able to make their mark on history and be promoted to high queen. Yeah.
1: Yeah, could have our first high queen. Yeah, that would uh that'd be pretty cool. Uh it's pretty hard in this time to be a queen. So uh we'll have to see how that goes. Um if you uh like what we what we do, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, or email us at questforpowerpod at gmail.com. And with that nonsense out of the way, Scott, it's it's been a while because uh I've been a little busy at the moment. Um, what have you been up to?
0: Oh man. Uh a lot of just like travel, preparing for travel for work and for fun, but honestly it's just been like kind of just like a big old like blur of like yeah i'm getting stuff you know getting some stuff done and but uh i got to see the new D and D movie so that was a fun one
1: yeah you told me that was good that was i i i was uh i i'm actually very happy that that one was good
0: yeah i, I went in fully expecting to just vomit basically like i yeah. thought it was gonna be awful yeah i think a lot of people did like I really thought it would just be like generic Marvel film but like with a and d twist which I guess yeah. it's not that far from the truth but at least it's like I don't know it's quirky enough to the to the subject matter that people who are like really into like Dungeons and Dragons they'll appreciate the film which is which is awesome for me I uh I would have to. I'd be curious to see like what people who like don't uh, interact with the game at all think about it, because it's like an enjoyable. I feel like it'd be enjoyable no matter what, but I feel like like the real uh, the real impact gets a little diminished from not having the knowledge. I think the true test would be if my wife would watch
1: it, and if she would enjoy it. If it's a good movie, you know, outside of people who like D and D. That's she's a She's a harsher critic when it comes to movies, so okay. that are that are weird, like that are weird, like that. So, I'm, okay, I I, could I mean, see that. I feel
0: like it is a fun love, like a fun loving, quirky, albeit maybe a touch random adventure.
1: Yeah, those are always uh, fun.
0: So, like, I feel like it's hard to just be like, "This is an awful movie," but you know, I think that like a lot of the joys come from like the niche little things. You're like, oh one of those one of those chests is probably uh, a mimic Like it's it's Mm -hmm. one of those things where it's like you as a as a player with metagame knowledge know this but then people who are not familiar with the 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 subject matter at all would just be probably just really kind of like why you know what why why is that chest a monster or you just don't question it you're like this movie's just messed up or just you know, we're, yep. we're, we're just along for the ride.
1: Be curious. Yeah, I've been, I, I don't know if I'm going to get to a movie anytime soon since I brought my own prince into the world. So uh, that's right. Been, been a little busy with uh, that. It is amazing how time flies the minute uh, you have a child. It goes from like, oh, I've got some pretty decent time. I mean, yeah, it's a little short. And then all of a sudden now three weeks went by and I'm back going to work so that's it's just kind of crazy to me
0: yeah i oh i was just <laughs> also the thing is like is it really time flies or is the time go slow
1: <laughs> no no it flew i can i'm i'm not ready to go back to work i really i it was a switch i was full of anxiety before and the minute like it happened i was it, i've really enjoyed it dad ever mode. since yeah it was like instant <laughs> switch to dad mode i think yeah you saw in some of the stuff i've been sharing with our friends the some of the fun, funny things that I have never laughed as much is because ch- he, children are hilarious, and he hasn't even said anything yet. It's just been the faces he does. Yeah,
0: that's, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> but, and I'm sure as soon as words are going to be learned, um, it's yeah. going to be a uh... yeah i'm
1: gonna have to figure out how to not swear as much around the house because uh if he starts swearing that is totally 100 percent on me so i that's uh, it's partially why i kept the show explicit not only because you know it's medieval stuff we're talking about pretty horrific things but also so that way if i slip and swear i don't have to make the editor's job a living nightmare
0: yeah we uh we, we certainly would be challenged in that way plus you can get <laughs> out of your system and walk back into normal life uh, nice and clean. There you go. Yes, I can get purified. Well,
1: (laughs) since we've been getting that out of our system, uh, we should uh, get started with the episode um, before we always start with sources because uh, they're important. Uh, We have the letters of Cassiodorus, who was Amalasuntha's chief minister and scribe he also was pro-Roman, and he pushed those beliefs onto Malasuntha. So there's going to be a very pro-Roman view point in her story. We also have the histories of Procopius, and that is also from definitely the Roman point of view. And what's really cool with Procopius is like the Vandal, um, during the Vandal fall, we got to see everything through the eyes of someone on the ground, which is really kind of cool. You don't normally get that and not even just not even the same like time, you know, not even the same time it's happening. No, no, no. He was there for these events and it's the same thing. uh, Not so much for her, but you know, going forward, he'll be part of a lot of uh, campaigning that happens between the Romans and the Ostrogoths. And then we also have Jordanes with, uh, you know, with his ever dubious <laughs> lens on Gothic history. I don't think I've ever written, read anything that someone mentioned Jordanes and then not mentioned, oh, but he sucks as a source and don't trust it 100%. So, poor Jordanes. Without further ado, bend the knee before her grace, Amalasuntha the wise of House Amali, queen of the Ostrogoths. She was born in Ravenna around 495. And it's pretty impressive that we know a woman's birth date, but I'm pretty confident that's because she is the daughter of Theodoric the Great, who was in power by then. Yeah. And uh, so she is the eldest daughter, and uh, who we went into great lengths about uh, Theodoric the Great last episode, and a Frankish princess named Otto Fleda, who happened to be the sister of Clovis I over in Frankland in modern-day France. Uh, she was born into the Gothic royal house of Amali, if you couldn't tell by her title, Uh, And she was probably encouraged by her father, only if you remember her father couldn't read, he couldn't even sign his own signature, but he really promoted education. So he really probably pushed that on, you know, her child, like, I don't know, some people, like I know with me, I was pushed to, you know, college, because, you know, my uh, some of my parents, my parents weren't exactly that way right out of high school. So, you know, you're kind of pushed out of that way to like make your life just a little bit better. And I bet that's what he did as well with her.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Knowing also what the society she would, you know, be in, she would have to, you know, be able to mingle with the Royals uh, circles, especially because uh, they uh, had to deal with Rome quite a bit. She spoke Greek, Latin, and Gothic fluently. She <laughs> then, of course, uh, at the time, she was praised for having all the virtues of a Roman noblewoman, which were being patient and fertile, which is a nice way of saying she was submissive both in and outside the bedroom. And unfortunately, this is actually high praise at the time. They really would have put her on a pedestal for those kind of virtues. And I have a Ugh. feeling that we're going to be talking about those kind of virtues when we discuss queens. It's either going to be that or they were very pious. There's not going to be, they're not going to talk someone in in high, you know, raise them on a pedestal if
0: they're, you know. <laughs> she really spoke her mind.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she spoke her mind and, oh, she was a warrior, you know. They, they're oh, not, yeah. they don't really like that sort of thing. Yeah, no, I... Different different times. Very different. Uh, At some point, she was married to Eutharic, who is said to be an Ostrogothic prince from Spain. So I didn't realize that, that there were some Ostrogoths over in that area. He is the great... Great grandson of our unfortunate king Visigothic King Thorsmund. If you don't remember anything about him, he was the non entity that was assassinated by both his brothers, Theodoric II and the actual, like good king Uric for the Visigoths. That's right. And uh so the, the two had children together. Uh, they had a son named Ethar Athalaric and a daughter named Montaswin. Mata Swintha, ah, these names, i they're eventually going to get easier. Um, I had to imagine they breathed a big sigh of relief when Athalaric was born, so that way they could continue, you know, the line for Theodoric. That would have been a little kind of nerve-wracking till that happened. Unfortunately, her husband, Eutharic, died Early of unknown causes in their marriage, and about five twenty-two at the great old age of forty-two, uh, his early demise is going to cause pretty big problems later on, as you can probably tell.
0: Yeah the uh, the stand the standalone
1: standalone mother queen regent yeah, yeah not not uh not what they like. So speaking of Queen Regent, when her father, Theodoric, passed away in 526, the crown passed to her son, uh, who was still a child. And therefore she was raised to Queen Mother Regent on behalf of her son. So her son still held essentially, quote unquote, all the power on the books. But really, she is the one who is, you know, ruling the kingdom at this point. Until yep, and...
0: he becomes of age.
1: Yeah, correct. And then he'll probably rip that right away and and imprison her like all the sons love to do to their mothers at least Mm. some of the stories that i've read we'll know as we get later on (laughs) also to the um sorry so so when she took over as queen regent she also had to raise her son so she had to be a mother and be queen to this nation and she raised her son like a Roman, much to the irritation of the Gothic nobility. They obviously hated the Romans. They would have been at war with Rome for a very long time. The two sides don't exactly get to get, get along together well. But uh, she she has support from Justinian, who, if you remember, supported Hilderick, uh in the Vandals episodes but also like Hilderic he really isn't being a friend to her just to be nice justinian is has big ambitions for the roman empire over in the east he wants to unite both the east and west you know and make rome great once again <laughs> <laughs> to be, to yeah, put it bluntly, to to not mince words, <laughs> to not mince words. He he wants to make Rome great again, and so he's waiting for any excuse to invade Italy and retake, you know, the city of Rome that is currently not under Roman control, which has to be quite embarrassing.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, and it's kind of a weird thing about like because a lot of the um perspective that we have is such a uh, retrospective look as far as you know your east and west rome whereas yeah you know, prior it was it was your you were viewed as romans and yeah correct labels like byzantine were things labels that were applied afterwards yeah so it's, correct it's yeah. kind of an odd thing of like you know to them it feels like that's territory that they still lost but feels like in our modern mind's eye that it's, you know, it's Western Rome. That's to yeah. us in a modern sense, it feels like a separate entity In reality to the minds of the folks back then. It yeah, it certainly wasn't
1: yeah exactly which is why i'm sorry if anyone is getting confused when we are talking about rome from now on it is unless i say western rome it is essentially we're talking about constantinople rome or the byzantines it is i call it rome because that is what they like you said they call it and like maybe the titles of podcasts will be byzantine because you know that's how people will understand what it is but really that is romans and i had no idea of that like i I kind of knew that but I didn't know like how deep that was until I started the podcast and started researching like I thought it was two separate things because that's how we were taught
0: yeah exactly but yeah it's kind of it, it's kind of a crazy thing because you you know about all these like wars and stuff to or battles that were held to take retake a lot of this but it felt more like trying to again us looking backwards hindsight like being 2020 kind of like grasping and making like a final last like grasp correct at the lost, yeah you're trying to lost relive your yeah
1: you're trying to relive your glory days when in reality they're just like well we lost a little bit of land we you know we yeah, lost Yeah this is our land we're taking it back This is our <laughs> land like that's you know <laughs> this is our land yeah
0: <laughs> Yeah it's just uh, it's just kind of one of those funny like histories History hindsights are different than how it plays out back then.
1: Yeah, exactly. I agree. We're going to have a lot of that. Uh, She was very aware of her unpopularity, and she showed no mercy to those who opposed her rule. Her, Her father would have been proud. She ended up executing three Gothic nobles who were conspiring against her, and she at first banished them, and then it sounds like she went... Now that I think of it, it's probably better if they're dead. So um, eventually she executed them. I wonder if it was that or if it was they tried to do something again. And then she went, "Alrighty, You know what? I'm done being nice. Off with your head. Like most spoiled princes, back to Athalaric, he enjoyed excessive eating and drink. And this led to his death at an early age in all likelihood because he had untreated diabetes which is very interesting that uh they if that was a commonly documented disease back then i don't know in that i found that a couple of places so i i i think that is just what their uh historians are reading between the lines is that he had untreated diabetes based on his symptoms but um basically he ate himself and drank himself to death because he was a spoiled brat <laughs> he said
0: so you know it's like it's like uh it's like gout it's the the disease of kings right oh yeah I, i've never heard of that before but that makes no? sense but i've yeah. never oh, heard of it's that brought before. on or, or they say it's brought on by eating a lot of red meat and drinking so yeah, I can see that. Yeah, peasants wouldn't have
1: that. They, they eat no. greens.
0: <laughs> <So, laughs> yeah. No. Wow. And there was. Um, I'm trying to think. Of, uh, there was a there was a show that um, uh, Matt Groening, Groening did, the Simpsons creator did, where uh, I can't think of the the name on Netflix, but. Uh, that was like that was like one of their jokes where he's like oh you don't have gout how how real of a king are you if you don't have gout (laughs) that's funny i like that one so diabetes in that similar realm i guess although that's a a little bit more of a hereditary thing as factor as well
1: yes correct yeah it could but you like it could be type one or it could have been type two but i don't know I yeah, don't know how you can I diagnose
0: d- that historically.
1: Yeah, I don't know how you can possibly dis- diagnose that at all, but yeah, yeah it's what they said, so it's 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 uh what I'm going with. He must have been dying or showing signs of sickness because Amalasuntha before he died created this thing called a consortorium regini which basically allowed her to continue ruling as queen and still present a, a facade that honored the misogynistic Gothic tradition. And uh, the reason she did this, is, she, it's, I mean, is that, uh, you know, after her, you know, she needs to make it look like there's a king. Um, and you'll see after Sunday, she's gonna put something because like, even, I mean, this is maybe pandering, but there's a great quote in, take a, shot for anyone who plays the game uh, of, of when I say Game of Thrones, of Rainys and Game of Thrones House of Dragon that perfectly applies to the situation. She says quote, men would rather put the realm to the torch than see a woman ascend the Iron Throne. Unquote. I mean, that's pretty, that's, that makes sense. That happened quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, people uh, really do uh, be petty like that. Yeah. So after her son passed away, she appointed Theodahad as a co-ruler and uh, Theodahad, I think is some is a relative of her and the consortium Regini let her rule as a man in their relationship and Theodahad took the place of the female consort, but the two ruled together. It's a kind of a weird concept so that that was uh i it took me a little bit to understand that i hope that
0: that was made clear of like kind of what's going on yeah it sounds like um it's kind of a weird like i don't know they like they, they let them do that yeah <laughs> yeah like yeah, like, yeah they, they had a a role a role flip here yeah that they must have allowed that in this in the let- society <laughs> Be like you're you are now the
1: male consort. I think it's because it's appease. Well, yeah, I think that would be on him, but I think it would appease the. I think it appeases the egos, essentially, is mm. what it does. But yeah. I'm sure that doesn't go away. I'm pretty sure that's going to cause problems down the road.
0: Well, you know,
1: <laughs> and in this little arrangement, as some people to mistakenly, I I see believe that they were married and this is complete nonsense just because they were king and queen ironically it's not because they were married because he already had a wife and she was stated as um always a widow and by she i mean Amalasuntha was always stated as a widow after her husband passed away she never remarried so you know just uh kind of clear that up because some people may may think that Her good relationship with Rome was not doing her any favors on top of her being a woman. There seems to be sources that say she was opening negotiations with Constantinople on handing the keys to the Gothic kingdom and herself over to Justinian. Was she Catholic while she was at it? (laughs) (laughs) No, just to just to put that final nail in the coffin <laughs> yeah no no she was uh she's Aryan. and at first like i agree with you i dismiss this as at pure nonsense because you know i i chalked it up to her being a woman and you know the sources just being petty about that you know the big evil bad queen giving up you know her power and and that's right the land you know to to the big evil empire But she kind of could have. Think about it. The nobility was against her. She probably had no trust of her co-ruler, Theoda, had. It's not the worst play. She already likes the Roman culture more than the Gothic one. And the Roman army is unstoppable at this point.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely either that or you just run away. (laughs) Yeah. like, Like, I'm just going to i'm just gonna run to rome at this point yeah
1: yeah exactly so i that uh i I don't think she was i don't think she was but i think that could have been a good play on her end and it may have saved her life who knows yeah Um,
0: let me grab my uh my madden drawings here and start drawing over (laughs) the field exactly Yeah, on whether you physically run to Rome and just abandon your your queen post or you just, you know, politically run to them. Yeah. that would be interesting. Because you're not going to be able to talk your way out of it.
1: Yeah, correct. No, no. The minute that rumor is out there, she's done. It's, uh, um, again, you probably, you don't watch the show Survivor, but the show Survivor in medieval times are so, like, with the uh, alliances and breaking apart and going together again. Um, if you are going to tell a lie to someone, it is much harder to get someone to believe someone else. Like, let's say, um oh i'm gonna just uh, no i get
0: what you're saying it, it once once something's out there yeah correct you have to work 10 times as hard to disprove a lie than, exactly yeah than Even though you could just... be
1: telling the truth it doesn't matter that person first got the you know they got the first shot off it's gonna be much harder to get them to believe you and again in this misogynistic society she's already at a disadvantage hate to keep yep, pounding yep. that but it's it's the truth the nobility Believing that she was planning to hand over the kingdom, rose up in rebellion and imprisoned her on the island of Martana, or Isola Martana, and it's located in a landlocked lake just about northeast of Rome, if you're looking on a map in your head. Okay. This was done either by Theodahad had orders or permission. He was a well-liked Gothic general, and the nobility didn't really like her at all to begin with. Um, it you know, a lot there's a lot of sources that say it's just the nobility, but he had to have some, he either knew about it or he had to have, you know, had some part in it. There's no way he was not complicit in this little coup, it
0: yeah.
1: gave him con- sole c- control over the kingdom.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's the other part. Is it's it- that she's uh, an easy scapegoat to exact. Yep. Just de- take, take sole ownership of, uh, of a society. Yeah. And, uh,
1: not long after she was in prison, she was found dead in her bath showing signs of strangulation. The uh, culprits were officially some relatives of men that she executed in
0: 535.
1: Oh, and, uh, um, but, It was most likely Theodahad or Justinian who orchestrated her death. There's a lot of historians that it's a a little bit of a battle that goes back and forth. So we're going to put these two men on trial since it's already a very short reign. Who do you think off the top of the hand did it? Would Justinian have done it or do you think Theodahad would have done it?
0: Uh, I feel like this is Theodahad, right? Justinian feels like this has got to be like you know, small small fry stuff for him at this point, right? Like she's already kind of out of the picture. Yeah, yeah, that could yeah.
1: I mean she is out of the picture already. But uh let's so yeah, let's let's uh let's dive in this a little deeper. Let's examine why Theoda had with assassinator. She was the threat, you know, to his supreme rule and she was technically still his co-ruler and you know generally when we've been going through this podcast co-rulers generally cannot live while the other survives i mean we had attila and his brother and that generally didn't go anywhere until attila killed his brother and then with theodoric and odoacer you know the theodoric's kingdom didn't really start until he killed odoacer so yeah that I, would... I
0: bet uh, i guess maybe they abide by laws more than i think they would but it feels like if you're going to the trouble of imprisoning someone in a remote place basically about as close to dead as they can realistically be and it sounds like she didn't have that much political power or support that he probably could have just realistically ruled without her and yeah
1: exactly that is the rebuttal like why would he he need to you hit it dead in the
0: head so yeah yeah, that's um... like how i feel about anyone like why bother killing her at all like she did. You know she kind of got thrown as a political non-entity at yeah this
1: point. yeah and the only ally she has is justinian and he's not a very good ally if history shows itself like look at what he did for Hilderic; he let him get imprisoned and then executed and then yeah. went, oh i'm trying to you know then avenge you yeah. Now let's go with Justinian. Justinian had, I said, huge ambitions to restore the Roman Empire to its former glory and obviously Roman Italy are a big part of that. He was looking for any excuse to attack and her death gave him justification to invade Italy. It's his MO. He like with Hilderic same thing. He waited till Hilderic, you know, was dethroned and then you know died and then he really went full throttle to invade uh Africa against the Vandals. So like he's already done this before and it's worked. And it All would right. not be hard for Justinian and the, you know, the robust Roman Empire to have like a really good spy system and to like, you know, have a spy slip into her bathhouse and strangle her to death and then, you know, just frame the three people who uh the people who would have, you know, had a motive in her death. It's not like they had DNA back then. Yeah. So who do you think really was the real conspirator behind her death after I those? Mean,
0: in, uh I guess, it, you know, when you frame it that way, it does you put Justinian in kind of more the, the more likely case just because like sounds more like politically um, expedient, yeah
1: i'm gonna go ahead and this is also because i know theodahad's episode i'm gonna go ahead i don't think theodahad was that intelligent to or at least (laughs) that warlike minded to um pull that off i'm i'm starting to kill someone who's already in prison yeah i i just i don't think that he would have done something like that i think justinian though who had all the cunning in the world and was you know really good at at being an emperor the that yeah. he he would do it and he had the military to back it up what do you you know <laughs> he can essentially do what he wants well regardless her death did give justinian the green light to call on his trusted general belisarius who conquered the vandals to invade and retake italy and thus the gothic wars have begun that is the mm. tragic life of amada suntha our first queen are you ready to rate her yeah with what we got
0: <laughs> all right so how long do you think her reign was all right not looking at the numbers here feels like it wasn't that long to be honest but oh but like probably more i don't know well like probably like 15 years i don't know
1: yeah yeah um around there as a uh, queen mother regent she ruled from 526 to 534 so around eight years oh, i was optimistic all right and uh after well think about and then after her son died she ruled only one year
0: yeah okay. that tells tells you a lot about that society yeah well, i was <laughs> like i'm like it didn't feel like that long but i'm like i don't know while well, the son lives but yeah yeah It was kind of entirely predicated on her son's life. Yes, exactly. That
1: is the base of her power. When her son was alive, she wielded considerable power. And she was considered a wise, prudent ruler. A lot of sources praise her up and down for her rulership during the time that she was queen regent. Again, those sources are Roman. So we have that. The Roman sources also describe her as very masculine, and it's because she had an iron will and temperament. Basically, she did not get pushed around, even though in the beginning it said that she was submissive. It turns out, you know, when her husband died, that she decided that she was not going to be that
0: anymore. So, by uh, today's uh, negative connotation terms, bossy. Yeah, 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 exactly. (laughs) No, just, yeah, yeah, no, she just, she, she knew uh, she had the power and she, she she knew how to use it.
1: Yeah, and she had considerable power considering she was a woman in a male-dominated warrior society, not just a male-dominated, like, you yeah, know, crazy. fighting. Uh, th- those are the big positives. Uh, her negative, obviously. She fell from power the minute that she had to solely base, you know, on her own merits that she was the daughter of... Theodoric the Great and she was imprisoned and eventually murdered.
0: So you got kind of a mixed bag. Yeah, but it's kind of one of those things like having, I guess, everything being predicated on her son, which is obviously a necessity. Yeah. Which means she feels like the she came with well. very high marks. Yeah. I guess. It's one of those things where it's like you give her like as high marks as you can, but Yeah. Like at the end of the day, you did still get imprisoned and executed by somebody uh, <laughs> so, who was supposed. One of those two p pe- or but I'd say what those both of those people were supposed to be your political allies. So, yeah, that is true. Uh, or it was a random murder, in which case your your guards around you were lousy. Well, she didn't get a really revenge get murder.
1: Cho- I was going to say she didn't really get to choose
0: her guards. That was you know her captors yeah well didn't she didn't even command enough respect to get good guards. um you know you gotta have good guards to keep them in and you yes know, the baddies out and it's true so uh all right so trying to assign a number can't be like that high i don't know probably like a four i'm gonna give her a three yeah all right like it's about as high of marks as I can give. Yeah, which is to say, you did as good as you could. Exactly. But like, things just, things just don't pan out. <laughs> I I ad, I I uh, admire her. You know, that was uh, she she did what she could. Uh, exact exactly. The one thing I think the five it, is like you you did okay and you kind of like held your ground ish. Yeah. Like, th- yeah, this is you're losing. I think four is as good as you're going to get. But while still losing ground, I, I think if she would have sold
1: Rome out and then like, you know, became high in and uh, sold, sorry, the Ostrogothic kingdom out and then became like a high person in uh, Rome society, I think is the only way I could see her really like making her power more. But I I don't think she would have done that just solely based on honor. You know, that was the kingdom her father built. I I highly doubt that she would just give that up. Yeah. All kinds of people. Yes. Uh, Infamy. I could not find an aggravating factor.
0: The sources did not say anything bad about her. They there she she was a woman that's about as infamous as you're gonna get in that time. <laughs> yes, I'm gonna go zero, yeah, no, zero. That's
1: easy. Uh religious passion, Uh like the rest of the Ostrogoth, she's Aryan, and the sources didn't say too much about religion in connection to her. She is a she I think she debated philosophy, but I don't know that there is nothing religious that i could find so i'm gonna have to go zero solely based on scant sources zeroes all around stability when she was ruling there was no like when her son was around there were no invasions rebellions the kingdom was very stable however when her son died she was overthrown by a rebellion of nobles and you know war kind of kicked off but that's after her death
0: yeah uh i'm willing to, to to probably splurge on a three here yeah out of five i was
1: thinking the same thing because i'm gonna give her the benefit of the doubt and i'm gonna really kind of focus it when she did have power she did have stability you know she could yeah well, yeah, well it's just kind of at the stable. very
0: end when when her son died that's kind of like when uh when shit hit the fan you know exactly
1: yeah and because like it was if if sort if there's sources are not saying s- n- much stuff for eight years that means it was boring and maybe for us in history that's boring but for people living at the time i will take boring
0: over yeah. you know <laughs> i know every every uh every every day i'm like you know i'm kind of glad that i had a boring day <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yes <laughs> royal demise she can get some good
1: remarks here she died by being strangled to death in her bath which sets off the gothic wars and like oda Wacer, it's kind of a classical ending that fits the tragic story very well it fit like like if you were to write the story as a as a tragedy i don't know that, that that's kind of compelling that her, she is strangled to death and uh in you know when she's imprisoned most vulnerable and then uh sets off a war
0: yeah uh, i'm it feels like it's there's just like a little something missing i agree for me so four is my thought but yeah I at mean, first it's... i was
1: gonna say five but i agree there's something missing
0: yeah, if you're talking about the drama, but it's pretty it's pretty close. Yeah. Legacy. Okay, so she's got a little bit in here.
1: Uh her d- dynasty aspect. Her daughter Mata Swintha will marry a future Ostrogothic king. And after that, uh Germanus, who was a Roman general that happened to be the cousin of Emperor Justinian. So we will find about that uh future Ostrogothic king, you know in the future <laughs> uh in a couple of episodes uh, i don't want to give it too much away mm-hmm. uh, and uh and if you were wondering while listening to our story that this could be made into a tragedy you would be correct the italian playwright carlo goldoni i really speak italian well carlo i am so wow i am bad carlo goldini first written play it, this is his first written play was written about the tragic life and reign of Amala Swintha in 1733 so she was had to be pretty popular that you know this is the guy's first play
0: is about her and there had to be some knowledge about her then at least some although I think it's one of those things where people will tend to grasp onto things that are relatively you know more or less significant you know you'd like i think of like the battle of thermopylae right as like yeah. a thing that like mm-hmm. we as a western society really grasp grasp grapple onto when yeah correct it in the grand scheme of things as least as i understood it it's not really like the end all be all right like
1: yeah it was it was a significant blow but i wouldn't say it was the
0: Yeah, like, yeah, so it's, but it it definitely is, like, a very, like, romanticized I think it's a very... And I think that's part of it. I think it's
1: a very easy story to romanticize. Yes. Oh, very. That, I think it was also, you know, as the telling, you know, the story kept being told throughout the years and stuff like that, you could add more and more fun stuff to it. Uh, The Romanian poet George Cosbeck wrote a poem called Regina Astrogolitor, which essentially is Queen of the Ostrogoths. And it is essentially in Romanian, obviously, uh, a poem which Amala Swintha is speaking to Theodahad just before he strangles her. So obviously wow. it's a pretty inaccurate poem, but it's a. It, 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 <laughs> it was the rough translation I found online. It was really fun and dramatic. She calls him husband and father of her child, which is not at all what happened but uh you know she got something like that and th- one of the kind of the weirdest things i ever saw is she had an asteroid named after her <laughs> in, <Wild>. the, <laughs> in the dictionary of minor planet names six names 650 amala swintha is a amala Sunta is a minor planet orbiting the sun that was discovered on october 4th 1907.
0: <laughs> a lot more of a legacy than i i genuinely thought like i really thought this would be like yeah like it was a she's she's a queen and then that's you know yeah yeah i
1: yep and i and i got one more pop culture kind of reference and uh again this is all old stuff i, I don't think anything modern is i think no. there should be a modern adaptation somewhere but in 1968 the 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 quote-unquote hit last roman and she was a main character played by honor blackman um and you may know her as pussy galore and james bond goldfinger uh so kind of funny how that comes around According to the critics, the movie was, quote, naive, entertaining, but f- psychologically crude and too superficial. <laughs> All right. It also slammed the movie for, quote, not even attempting to put it on a historic foundation. <laughs> so.
0: I mean, you know so yeah it sounds sounds about right i
1: feel like we have to watch this if we ever do if we do patreon and put ourselves through that misery for our fans i mean how bad can it be yeah you know so she's got a little bit more you know she's got a bit more legacy
0: to her how much are you gonna give her for those you know let's see a ten? I feel like it's got to be like a ten. Like Holy all that. crap No, 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 no. I said out of ten. Oh, out of ten. I was like, ten. Uh, I, I no, was like, oh my goodness. I mean, this has got to be like a, like a six. I feel like there's an awful lot of material for someone who, just <laughs> like, to, at least to me, it doesn't seem like she she was like all that, you know. But sometimes we. This is legacy. Not was this person the best ruler exactly that's yeah exactly yep like so i think if with this much like odd pop culture uh i mean that this sir like she served in the minds and hearts of artists (laughs) on multiple occasions in several different centuries yeah i mean all the way up as recent as the 1960s which yeah. is kind of crazy. Like I mean that's that's pretty darn recent. The big thing for me is
1: like what raised the legacy aspect for me is that she got an asteroid named after her.
0: <laughs> I thought that was Well, they'll name an asteroid or like I mean the same thing as like uh animal species like Oh, yeah. Like, because you have to think. Who's who are the people who name asteroids? A bunch of nerds. That's That's who names asteroids and stuff. (laughs) They're like, they're like, we studied we did nothing but study Latin to like name everything. Yeah. So
1: and also to be honest, like future rulers that we do down the road, who probably will score even less than her on the legacy aspect, will have way more stuff. This is like I'm just scraping the bottom of the barrel to try and get everything out.
0: (laughs) I mean, (laughs) but that's kind of wild though that she's like yeah a main character like in a 1960s film yeah kind of interesting like i don't know uh like film history all that well so like i don't know if like the 60s was just like the the era of like super booming film and that like basically we were pumping out everything that we possibly could just pump out for the sake of you know doing it like the Atari time of the video games where yeah, but we she, just made games on games
1: she was she was played by a bond girl so she cast you know you have to be somewhat famous for that
0: <laughs> a little bit <laughs> um so how much are you gonna how
1: much you gonna go for this
0: i'm i'm willing to give like a i'm willing to give a six that sounds right I, uh,
1: yeah i was going to debate on 5
0: it's tough. Yeah. I'm going to do it's...
1: I'm going to do 5. She's it's fun, but nothing compared to some of the people we have done
0: before and we're going to do after. Yeah. So. All right. Already we got all the numbers. They're all in a row. The, the the math has been done. The die has been cast. So, our total is a 17 and a 15. Thirty-two
1: out of a hundred. Oof, that's pretty brutal. Do you have yeah. uh, off the top of your head uh, anything close around your little sheet there?
0: Uh, because we've organized them so differently. Oh, that's uh, true. I mean, I, I I have like recent people, so to compare, literally <laughs> just about half the le- half the ranking that uh, Theodoric was yeah so you have that for a frame of reference yeah but yeah you're probably in like some of like the you know what like Alaric the seconds actually i think scored higher but like there's i bet she did better than some of the vandal
1: kings we covered yeah but probably yeah probably not by much to be honest no no no, she she didn't have... Because the Vandal Kings, at least a lot of them had, they persecuted the Christians, so you got good religious passion for that. Good old-fashioned. Yeah. <laughs> An awful lot of zeros. All right, well, the score doesn't mean everything. Should she be crowned as High Queen, become a lady-in-waiting at court, or
0: be burned at the stake? Ah, oh, that's a tough one. Ah... Uh... I'll, I'll be willing to give the the lady in waiting. I think, I will too. I,
1: yes, I'd. Uh, yeah, I think she uh, did as good as she could have.
0: Yeah, not Look incompetent. The,
1: yeah, no, not not by a long shot. I think she just uh, wrong dealt,
0: not great hand. <laughs> yeah, as it yeah, so it turns out, uh, she she was disadvantaged. The game was rigged from the start. It re- yeah, it really was.
1: Well, with that, uh, we're gonna do a little program note. Uh, we will not be reviewing Etholeric because we covered what he what happened during his reign this episode. And essentially he was a child throughout his reign and uh his mother held it stable while he partied. So can't him really... at the stake. Yeah. Done. Next. <laughs> there you go reviews we have our first five star review on pod chaser and as promised we will read all five star reviews from prod from pod chaser jd48305 writes an excellent podcast love the changes to the scaling system only thing i would like to see is the older episode kings to be re-ranked
0: i feel like that's going to be a conversation and a time all on its own just- i a yeah. time where you just sit down and you have to re- re- revisit the we would have to do in that. rapid succession
1: i mean i'm gonna be honest
0: we are gonna constantly be
1: changing what we think and how we rank people like i think we gave some of the early Visigothic kings ridiculously high marks that we would never do you know down the road when we start getting the when you start having a lot more sources and you know things like that but um, maybe it's something we could do down the road, see, uh, see, uh, what we got right, what we got wrong type episode could be fun. Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, thank you, JD 848. Wow. Thank you, JD 848305 uh, for, re- uh, your review. We appreciate it. That brings us to the tragic end in life uh, and reign of Amalasunta. Let us know what you thought of our first queen to be rated. Uh, sorry, she wasn't high queen, but at least she got to be lady in waiting. Message us via messenger on Facebook and Instagram at Quest for Power, or email us at questforpowerpod at gmail dot com if you would like to support what we do here please leave a review or subscribe on whatever platform you use. As we demonstrated earlier, we will read every five-star review posted to podchaser.com. Link is in the show notes. As always, thank you very much for spending your valuable time with us. Next episode, we are going to be reviewing one of the alleged conspirators for the murder of Amalasuntha Theodahad, who now has sole rule over the Ostrogothic kingdom. Until next time, the queen is dead.
0: Long live the king.